1: No more back thinking, time for thinking ahead The world has changed so very much from what it used to be There's so much hatred, war and poverty oh, oh, oh. Wake up all the teachers, time to teach a new way
0: Oh yes sir and yes ma'am you had better get them up get them going it's a back at it tuesday on bayonet hope you enjoyed your extended weekend three days into memorial day holiday yesterday was jam-packed with remembrances hopefully and uh, remembering the fallen but certainly plenty of sports as well a couple of games sick uh big games last night stanley cup and nhl or nba playoffs plenty of baseball yesterday big weekend of racing and All kinds of big news, plus uh, college football SEC meetings opening this week. Developments there as well with the Longhorns in Oklahoma on their way in 2024. Uh, the conference leaders getting together and making some decisions. We'll talk plenty of college football. Steve Sarkeesian making some moves over the weekend as well, adding uh, high-level experience to his coaching staff. Full details on that coming as well. It's going to be a jam-packed Tuesday, and we appreciate you being there. Wherever you're finding us, hope you enjoyed the weekend and ready to get back at it on this Tuesday morning with b and up and ready to roll. Whether you're finding us on 104.9, 1019, maybe AM 1260, I always encourage you to take us wherever you go on that Horn app. Uh, especially this time of year when you're headed out for vacations and enjoying uh, the school uh, school being out in the summer, take us wherever you go. Don't lose the habit. Keep us listening right there and lock it in on the Horn app. Always on your smart speaker at home and work and always Mr. Godbolt at hornfm.com. Good
1: morning to the soldiers at Fort Cavazos, Texas, the soldiers in the state of Texas, and all those that fight for us each and every day. Thank you so very much for what you do to the beaches of Normandy, uh, to the foothills of Iwo Jima, And of course, the air battles of Midway to all those folks that gave their lives and all you soldiers and to you Gold Star families. Thank you so very much for sharing your family with us and for them giving their lives for our freedom. Thank you very, very much. And be careful out there.
0: Yep. And uh, appreciate them every single time. Obviously, it's uh, not enough to just appreciate them. And uh, as they would say, make it worth it. Make it worth it. Their their sacrifice. do your part to be part of the solution, not the problem. And uh, we're ready to roll on a Tuesday morning. How was your weekend, my friend?
1: Fantastic. Good. Fantastic.
0: Good, good, good. T.Y., I saw Ty, our producer, he had he had a wedding over the weekend um, that he attended. I saw some pictures on social media. How was that? A little wedding action on top of all the sports and whatever else? It was really fun. Good.
2: A very busy Local? weekend. Local? Yeah, out at the Arlo in Dripping Springs. Nice. In Arlo,
0: yeah, I know where that's at. Yep. Very cool. Uh, yeah, good weekend for sure, and uh, back at it, and uh, a lot to do, a lot of sports conversations to be had, a lot of developments last night, but yeah, good weekend across the board, hopefully yours was as well, as yeah, school's out for summer, and uh, things will change a little bit, but uh, things, things stay the same, let's get to the headlines, trending topics, to start your uh, back at it Tuesday. UBO Business Services brings it to you. Start in the NBA, and uh, we'll get to that college baseball coming up. Longhorns now know where they're headed. But last night, eighth seed of Miami Heat, not only playing for a trip to the NBA Finals, but looking to avoid being on the very wrong side of American sports history. They accomplished both with a dominant Game 7 performance in pa- in Boston as the Heat took down the Boston Celtics, 103-84, become just the second eighth seed all-time to reach the NBA Finals. They stopped the Celtics from becoming the first NBA team and just the sixth, in major American pro sports to win a series after trailing three games to none. They get the game in Game 7. Game 1 of the finals will be Thursday night in Denver. Heat Nuggets for the championship. NHL Stanley Cup finals also set last night, and it wasn't close. Vegas Golden Knights rolled past Dallas on Dallas home ice. 6 nothing in Game 6 to close out that series. They will now face the Florida Panthers starting Saturday in Vegas. College Baseball Road to Omaha revealed yesterday. The Memorial Day tradition, NCAA Selection Committee announced the full field of 64 and sites as expected after their 0-2 showing at the Big 12 tournament yesterday or last week. Long, Longhorns will be traveling this week. Horns announces the number 2 seed in the Coral Gables Regional hosted by the Miami Hurricanes. Texas will open up that four-team regional on Friday at 1 o'clock. Facing the Louisiana Raging Cajuns out of the Sunbelt Conference. They played all the way to the Sunbelt Conference championship of that tournament. Lost there, but uh, it'll be a handful. The University of Maine are the four seed there. Texas, one of six Big 12 squads in the field. 11th-ranked Oklahoma State, the only selected to host a regional in Stillwater. They're going to host Dallas Baptist, Washington, and Oral Roberts this weekend. TCU, who won the Big 12 tournament, they were sent to Fayetteville. They're going to be facing tangle with Arkansas as a top seed there. Texas Tech is a three-seed in the Gainesville Regional. That's where the Florida Gators will host. Oklahoma is Virginia-bound. And the Charlottesville Regional, West Virginia, heads to Kentucky for the Lexington Regional. Outside the Big 12, Texas A&M are headed to the West Coast. The Stanford Regional will be the two-seed in that four-team group. Uh, with Cal State Fullerton, their opening game on Friday. Texas State knocked selected to the field of 64. Plenty of day baseball yesterday on Memorial Day. Major League style, they're including another win for the first place Rangers. Nathan Eovaldi won his sixth straight decision. Corey Seager hit a three-run homer, drove in four-to-lead Texas pass, Detroit 5-0 in Houston. The Astros lost to the Twins 7-5 in 10 innings. Jose Altuve's seventh-inning grand slam gave Houston a 5-4 lead, but Ryan Presley, the closer, couldn't close it. Allowed a run in the ninth. Minnesota catcher Ryan Jeffers then hit a two-run homer in the 10th inning. Big development from Texas football over the weekend. Multiple reports that Steve Sarkeesian is going to hire former Wisconsin head football coach Paul Crisp to be a special assistant and offensive analyst. role similar to that of Gary Patterson, a year ago, but he won't be the only one. According to reports, Sark also plans to hire longtime NFL special teams coordinator Joe D. Camilas and former Portland State defensive coordinator Payam Sadat for similar roles on special teams and on defense.
2: This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com.
0: All right, Mr. Godbolt, good, bad, and ugly weekend. A lot to choose from there. How about the uh, Miami Heat last night? Uh,
1: well, that thing was changed in a matter of one minute. Yeah, in the into first the game. quarter.
0: Yeah. Well, well, first first possession, really. Boston's best player, Jason Tatum, rolls his ankle. Boy, did he roll it, too. Oh, man, he went to the floor. Always uh, dangerous when you're in the lane and you land on somebody's foot. And, um, yeah, he wasn't the same the rest of the night. And then Jalen Brown, uh, their second best player, had a horrible game. And um, you know we know when the Celtics make three pointers, they typically are going to beat you. When they don't, they're not. And last night, after uh, boy that miracle win with point three seconds to go in Game Six in Miami uh, to force it back to a Game Seven, really all heat from that point because Jimmy Butler and the the cast and Eric Spolster's group found a way, and the Celtics just didn't shoot well. Oh, was
1: that one dude for them that the uh, Martin kid who just went he, off? Yeah, he, he really had a great series. He did. Wasn't just last night. He's been pretty consistent throughout the series. Yeah, I mean, when and, and, Jimmy Butler's not hot, he's been right there.
0: Yeah, and you know, the, the thought for me was, you know, the the better team are the Celtics. Or just as far as players and higher seed, but man, uh, Heat made a strong argument. They, you know, they had him beat in Game Six, and then a, you know, kind of a miracle play with point three seconds to go on a tip in uh, to beat the buzzer, and then they beat them resoundingly last night. They rolled them three times on their home floor. So hard to say that the Heat are not the better team. Uh, to team T E A M, right? Everybody together, and they certainly are. Jimmy Butler's really good, but that whole team plays well, and they may get Tyler Hero back, Buck, for the playoffs or for the playoffs for the finals. I and mean, we're in the playoffs. They would they may get him back from his hand injury, which would give them added ammo, which they're going to need against the best team all year, the Denver Nuggets, when they get to Denver on Thursday night. No but, doubt. Uh, yeah, the Jason Tatum injury was a brutal one for the Celtics. Really, you know, he he you know tried to ride the adrenaline and play uh, it out. That wouldn't work. in but, you, yeah, the explosiveness was gone. Uh, he, he didn't play a bad game. But Jalen Brown, uh, the you know, Jason Tatum's first-team All-NBA. Jalen Brown's second-team All-NBA. Last night, Buck, he had as many turnovers as he had rebounds. I mean, he had eight turnovers
1: last night. Well, the tide had changed because in those losses that Miami had accumulated the three in a row, they kept turning the ball over. Yep. Last night, in the, in the worst times, the Celtics couldn't hold the ball.
0: Yeah, Jalen Brown had more turnovers than the Heat by a team, by the whole team. I mean, Jalen Brown turned the ball over eight times, and it was Jimmy Butler multiple times picking his pocket uh, out at the top. I mean, obviously they attacked his ball handling and, and reckless ball handling, and uh, he did not have a good night. Gosh, not only did he have eight turnovers, Buck, he missed uh, you know 15 shots. He was one for nine from three-point land. He was eight for 23 from the field. So when you needed your second best player to step up with your first, your top guy hurt, uh, he did the opposite. He went the other way, and um, you know Derek White. I thought the former Spur. You know who had the he made the game winner on on Saturday night to get it back to Game Seven. He was the guy in that third quarter oh, that yeah. really gave them a chance with 18 points. But uh, even he got went cold in the fourth quarter. And uh, you know again, if they don't make threes, they're not going to win. And that series now <laughs> in the books, and the Heat are headed to uh, to Denver to start that series coming up. So should be a pretty good Finals. We've got a couple days to preview it, but you've got this eight seed that is playing. Better than its number for sure. Uh, rolling through the uh, one seed, the two seed, and the five seed in the East. Now they'll face the one seed in the West with the game's best player, Nikola Jokic, and that team on full rest. They've been sitting around waiting for the sleeping. NBA fund. Yeah, sleeping and eating, sleeping and eating. So, Ty, you uh, did you ever make a bet on uh, the Heat to come all the way or the Celtics come all the way back, or did you not do that?
2: No, but Game Six, I. I had a six leg parlay. I posted it on Twitter. Uh, two grand saw that. was lost on that last second make by uh, oh. Derek White. Yeah, if Derek
0: White doesn't make the tip in in time. I win. Where Derek White, if you miss that play, of course he was the inbound. Play. They had point. They had three seconds left to try to get a shot, and then Derek White was the inbound. You know, he passed it in and uh, turnaround jumper, and then he raced down to the baseline and tipped it back in. With 0.3 seconds to go for a one-point Celtics miracle, and that cost time Yeah, you somebody say, forgot a
2: box. Well, yeah, it was fifty dollars to win two grand.
1: Somebody forgot a box out.
2: Yeah, they did. Um, and Stan Van or Jeff Van Gundy was talking about it right before the play too. He's like, "You better look out for that inbounder. That's probably your biggest threat here." And yeah, he was right.
0: He was right. Derek White, uh, knowing the fundamentals, you know, don't just throw the ball in and then stand there and watch. Do something, and he did. And uh, Gave at least the Celtics a chance last night to get to do something that's never been done in the history of the NBA. But, yes, teams that fall behind three games to none are now. Zero for 151. Zero for 151. But um, the Heat survive, So that was some good stuff last night for sure. Also, the uh, Dallas Stars go meekly in the NHL Stanley oh, Cup playoffs. Vegas just crushed them.
1: They couldn't get the puck out of their own zone last night. They just, to not turnovers, to yep. about turn it back over to Vegas all night long.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, just that six errors. could have
1: been sixteen. They just kept giving the puck to him.
2: I bet that was a that was a sad ride home for Tom McKay and BK last night. Oh, Did wow. they both go to that? Yeah, yeah. Brad
0: Kellner, our former uh, colleague, and uh, Tom McKay from Audio Visual Consultation. So that uh, was part of the night action. We also had plenty of news during the day, including the uh, seating for the the uh, NCAA baseball tournament. We kind of thought the Long- Longhorns are in a rough spot here because not only are they going to Miami. Uh, which, you know, it's pretty this time of year. It's always good to go to Miami, right? Coral Gables. Always uh, Play the Hurricanes as the one seed. Uh, Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns. Uh, we're going to talk in our next hour to our buddy Ty Harrington, uh, our coach in our coach's corner. Ty called five or six Louisiana Raging Cajun games this past week at the Sunbelt Tournament. So safe to say, Skipper will have a good read on what this Louisiana team's all about. The Longhorns will face on Friday. But um, the uh, the Horns not only are headed to you know, on the road here, which we thought they would be. They're also injured. Not good news. And Yesterday, they're not on the
1: upswing, that's for sure. Well, they're just so they're just so
0: Jekyll and Hyde. When they're good, they're good. When they're bad, they're really bad. And the O and two showing it, you know, that, that, that regional that, that Oklahoma State will host in Stillwater is one that was I think there for the taken for the Longhorns, but it was Oklahoma State who played their way in and made a long run at the Big Twelve t- baseball tournament to secure that. They were of course, they shared the Big 12 regular season title with Texas and West Virginia, but both Texas and West Virginia went out 0-2. Well, Oklahoma State made a run into the weekend, put some more wins on the board, and uh, you know they earned the spot in Stillwater where they will host. Everybody else in the Big 12 will travel. Uh, Ten teams out of the SEC made it in. Uh, six teams out of the Big 12 will be headed there. But the Longhorns, in addition to, as you say, not being on the upswing, they're banged up. Uh, you know Their bullpen, which has not been good And as reliable as you would like it to be all year long. Uh, Got bad news yesterday from David Pierce that David Shaw, the left-hander, is not going to pitch again this season. As feared, it's pretty serious. It's an elbow. Heston Toll, who's been one of their more reliable right-handed relievers out of the bullpen, he didn't even travel to Arlington. And David Pierce confirmed yesterday that he also will be unavailable moving forward. So that's two guys out of your bullpen. They also had a guy, a freshman in DJ Burke, who announced he's transferring. Like not even going to finish the season. I don't, you know, what that's about. Hopefully, we'll talk to Coach Pierce this week and get some details on that. But three guys out of your bullpen will be unavailable. the The positive spot is that you know Coach Pierce continues to believe that Tanner Witt is on his way to being someone that they can rely on, whether it's as, as a starter or even out of their bullpen as he continues his recovery from Tommy John surgery. But uh, yeah, uh, Longhorns, you knew you were traveling. The question was where. I think if you're gonna, if you could have picked, you, you'd rather be at, at Miami than Stanford. Which were a lot of projections had them going out to play Stanford, where the Cardinal were the number two team in the country. Uh, but either way, you know, you're going to have to earn your way now. You're going to uh, have to bat
1: too. Got well, to score some runs.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the other part that didn't travel to Arlington. They they didn't pitch what great in Arlington. They didn't pitch they,
1: terrible. No, that's I I didn't think they were awful. I just thought they didn't score any well. Runs. Lucas Gordon,
0: Lucas Gordon and LBJ were both your top two starters. You know, they weren't they weren't as just sharp a, as usual. No, they're just kind of average. But you know, they they. It was a you know, tie game in game one last week right. in the seventh inning. And, you know, same thing in the second game. And it was just uh, the grand slam uh, against K-State that got you and Kansas got you as well. So uh, Longhorns will head to Coral Gables. That'll be Friday. We've got all week to preview that. And as we mentioned, we'll get to uh, Coach Harrington coming up, who got to see a lot of Louisiana Raging Cajun baseball last week. We'll get a little scouting report from him uh, on that as well. But the full field of 64 is out. Uh we'll discuss and have a look big picture at it. But uh, the horns are in. That's all you can ask for right at this time of year. You, uh,
1: you're still didn't playing. do enough.
0: Yeah, you're still playing. You're still one of the top, you know, 20 teams in the country. And um, it's, a, it's a wide open field for sure. And we'll talk with some Longhorn baseball this morning for sure. And Craig Way. Craig Way will have more coming up with his Craig Way report about 640. This morning, but uh, the final story of our headlines is, is eyebrow raising. You know, we talk uh, Texas football inside a hundred days to the start of the season. Now, Longhorns players will be returning this week. Um, of course, they had the month of May off, essentially after completing spring practice in the spring game. Had their exit interviews and uh, enjoyed a month away. They'll be coming back here uh, to work on their to begin their summer workouts, and the workouts will include a couple of a couple of three new uh, analysts, assistant coaches, I guess you would call them. We saw Gary Patterson serve this role last year for Texas Buck, but uh, Steve Sarkeesian, in the all gas no excuses conversation that we've had about this upcoming season bringing in not one not two but three experienced analysts to essentially help all three, you know, fields of your your football team, your offense, your defense and your special teams, maybe most importantly, uh Paul Christ was a really successful football coach at uh at his alma mater, Wisconsin. Yes. And he's coming in. He knows the power run game in a big way. He knows play action. Uh, he knows, he knows offensive, about big, big offensive line play. Offensive line play. Uh, being physical in the run game. Yep. Paul Chris, those are all things that are near and dear to him. And he will come in with a ton of experience. Uh, that Wisconsin program that he took over. Uh, on defense, Stark, Stark is, uh, is bringing in Payam Sadat who is a coach with decades of coordinator-level experience at the D1 level, also was a head coach for a time. He will come in to assist uh, Pete Kwiatkowski and the defensive staff. And then perhaps the biggest move, um, special teams, right? Uh, you know, uh, the Longhorns, um, you know, want to be great on the special team side of things. Uh, and they have brought in Joe D. DeCamillis. He's been around for a long time, Joe. He's been a. I mean, this guy's resume is. I mean, Paul Chris' resume on the college level is really strong. Joe D. Camillus and his, um, you know, skins on the wall and his accomplishments as a special teams coaching coordinator in the National Football League. He's only fifty-seven years old, but yeah. he's been doing this for thirty years.
1: Oh yeah, he's been around a long time. He started young.
0: Well, and most not I mean, most recently he was a special teams coordinator for the LA Rams when they won the Super Bowl just a couple of years ago with Matt Stafford as quarterback. He was in Jacksonville. He was in Denver. He was the Dallas Cowboys from 09 to 12. I mean, this guy brings a ton of uh, special teams uh, knowledge to the table to help uh, Jeff Banks. Of course, Jeff Banks is not only the special teams coordinator, he's also the tight ends coach. He's done a
1: pretty good job himself. He has.
0: And uh, obviously they want to win all phases. And, you know, as many hands on deck as you can. Steve Sarkeesian taking the note from his, uh, one of his mentors, Nick Saban. That you know, if you have the budget to hire them, and, oh yeah, for sure. And you bring in as much experience as you can. And I think we saw the fingerprints and the impact that Gary Patterson had on the improvement on the defensive side of the ball last year. You know, if you know, bringing Paul Chris, Joe Joe D. Camillus, and uh, the defensive coach. And you know, these are just guys that can help self scout you, scout your opponents. You know, when you come in on on Sunday after a game, they've got the game plan and kind of the scouting report ready to go for the upcoming opponent and. You know, strengths, weaknesses, and those type of things. I mean, there's a lot those guys can do.
1: These are great people to have around you during game day.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Just a ton of experience. When you start adding up years in college and pro football, uh, these three bring that. So, uh, as we say, Steve Sarkeesian understands and is embracing the idea of all gas, no excuses. This is a year to win the Big 12 Conference. This is a year to take, uh, take a championship on your way out. You've got the most talented roster in the conference, arguably. Uh, you just got to bring it all together. And uh, that starts this summer. Really started in the spring, but it picks up this summer, and now you're adding three really experienced coaches yeah, like to your Paul staff. I like
1: Paul Christ. I like the fact that he's, he knows about the power run game. When you have an offensive line, he's used to seeing big offensive linemen like this where he was in Wisconsin in the Big Ten. You know, So he's probably got some run game stuff that could really, really help.
0: Yeah, that's his specialty. And they've had
1: pretty good running backs in Wisconsin. <laughs>
0: pretty good. And pretty good offensive linemen. I mean, yeah. they were built on meat and potatoes offense for sure. And, you know, Sark is pretty clear on his vision for the offense. It's what he had at Alabama uh, as an offensive coordinator with our record-setting offense. The big humans up front that run that power offense that that give your running game the, the, the juice. And then you got a bunch of speed outside, which, you know, pick your poison now. If you're going to try to stack it to stop our run game, we're going to, you know, just throw too, too many weapons at you to cover them all. And, um, you know, our quarterback, who's a talented player, has got to prove it, Quinn yours. All he's got to do is find the matchups off play action a lot of times. You know, you, we don't believe you can cover all of our weapons, especially if you devote extra people to stop our power running game, which leads you back to the question of Texas, Buck, is is Jonathan Brooks ready to be you know, a lead running back? Uh, or is it going to be running back by committee with uh, several people behind that? Oh, he game? should be the
1: head of the committee at this time in his career for sure.
0: Sure. I mean, uh, we didn't see a ton of Jonathan. Of course, he he was the best running back in the bowl game. In the loss at the Alamo Bowl to Washington, but uh, he has that opportunity. There's also a freshman in uh, C.J. Baxter, a kid from Florida, who has an opportunity in that conversation. You've got, uh, you know, the speed guys in Keelan Robinson and, and Jaden Blue, uh, but those are your two most likely guys. But you know, this offensive line, after starting three, you know, three freshmen last year, should be improved. And you know, Kyle Flood working with Paul Crist in that realm. Can only be a good thing when you're oh, looking to run sure. the football. Those two know a lot about offensive line play, power run games. You know, play action wow. pass off of that. So you like it a lot. And then special teams, pretty clear that Sark, I mean, to land a 30 year veteran who just won a Super Bowl, uh, coaching a an NFL special teams unit, um, is that, that's a that's a flex for Texas. That's like okay, let's bring in one of the most successful special teams coaches the last you know 20 years in the National Football League to be an analyst. To help us out. That's pretty good. It's pretty good if you're Steve. No, Sarkeesian. that's
1: that's what you do when you have the the means to do it right there. Yeah, yeah, for There's sure. No reason that you shouldn't do that.
0: Yeah. No stone unturned, Buck. Right. I mean, uh, you know, when we say all gas, no excuses, it's a it's a bumper sticker, but at the same time, it's true. If we get to the end of the year and you're not playing in that Big Twelve championship, what happened? I mean, why didn't you? What are the reasons? Um, let's not have any excuses, and you know, you get ahead of that. Um, you don't come back, you know, when the season's mm-hmm. going and say, man, I wish we had hired X, Y, and Z. Go get them if they're available and want to take the gigs and have that opportunity uh the Longhorns are going for it, yeah, it
1: just there's there's execute. It's, it's about executing but it's also about they're going to have to have faith in what you call now if you call it it's got to work and you got the ability to make that happen yeah and then they just execute it that's all you got the, you got some really good talented players
0: well we saw the uh you know the the defense take tremendous strides last year. Uh, Gary Patterson, of course, and special teams improved. And you know this, Buck. You worked with special teams a lot with coaching return game and returners. And in addition to your running back duties, you know when you start building depth on your football team is when your special teams can really take off. Absolutely, because you've got talented young people and talented players, and you
1: got to get them in there and play them. Yeah, they got to play.
0: But but special teams units can not only they can win you football. Well, they can lose you football games if you're not good on special teams. You're missing kicks and getting kicks blocked and doing things of that nature. But they can they can win you football games. But also, as we've seen for so long with Nick Saban at Alabama, Buck, they can separate in football games. Right where it's a ten point game and all of a sudden you return a punt to the house or you Absolutely. block a punt for a touchdown and it's now it's seventeen. Um, you know your special teams can separate football yeah, games. Chris
1: Banks has been really good at blocking punts. Yeah. and making things happen in the punt game.
0: He's one of the best, whether he's been at uh, Texas A&M or, or, or Alabama. He's also one of the best recruiters on the Texas staff, to say the least. But you yeah, had to combine his knowledge with Joe D. Camillus and then Kyle Flood and Steve Sarkeesian's offensive knowledge with Paul Christ. Uh, That's pretty good. The one we've got to learn a bit more about is the the new defensive analyst. I'm sure that's somebody that that Pete Kwiatkowski and his defensive staff have familiarity with that's coming in here. So we'll talk about that coming up more throughout the course of the morning. But it's a busy Tuesday as we get back at it. A lot of NBA. We've got a lot of baseball with the Longhorns and uh, the Major League situation. And we've got a lot of football news. In addition to the Longhorn developments, we've got the SEC meetings happening in Destin, Florida right now. And uh, Longhorns, of course, headed that way next year. The big debate, eight games or nine games, and it's a conference you know, schedule. There's mixed feelings at this point, it feels like, right now. We'll get you details on that coming up. Sounds like a lot of the uh, members of the SEC would like to keep it at eight, eight games. The commissioner, Greg Sankey, is uh, openly in favor of nine. We'll talk about that coming up as well. It's a busy Tuesday. Hope you enjoyed your extended weekend. Summer is here, but B&E are also. And we're glad you are as well. On the show of the people, it's B&E. Just getting warmed up. It's Bucky and Aaron. B&E on a busy Tuesday. Back at it. Hope you enjoyed your weekend. Normally it's a Monday, good, bad, and ugly. But we can certainly take good, bad, and ugly from your weekend. What was good for you? Including, I've heard the Succession season finale, and maybe series finale. I've not seen it, so that I was won't. the
2: that was the finale of the season. I yes. watched it last night. Yes,
0: I have not seen it yet. Um, it looking was very good. Looking forward to. It. I'm sure it is. If you watch Succession on HBO, it's, it's going to probably sweep all the Emmy or all the awards coming up. It always does. And apparently, this uh, closeout was as good as it gets. So I can't wait to see that. Uh, but from the TV side, I did see the movie Air over the weekend, Buck. I also watched that last night, too. Look at too. You. I mean, you. Ty, you and I are on the wavelength How oh, was it? It's good. It's good. It's, it, you know, slow is a good word for it, but it's it's a slow story. It's good. Ben Affleck plays, uh, you know, Phil Knight, and uh, Matt Damon plays Sonny Vaccaro. Knowing Sonny Vaccaro and covering him like we have, I mean, they couldn't have chosen an actor that looked less, less like yeah. Sonny Vaccaro. <laughs> uh-huh. But, you know, in the end, Matt Damon, you know, chubby Matt Damon, trying to make him as frumpy as they could. Uh, did a good job. He did a good job. Uh, and as people have, you know, you see it and you say, okay, that review made sense because it. I mean, how are you going to make a movie about Michael Jordan without Michael Jordan ever being in it? Um, but you know, it really surrounded, you know, Nike. His mom. His mom, old Nike, a struggling. She's
1: pulling those strings, was not she?
0: She was. She Viola Davis, who does a nice job in the film, and obviously the story. We Ben Affleck and Matt Damon sought to tell the story, based on the screenplay, but. You know, Nike at the time was uh, doing well as a shoe company that sold to to runners. Yeah, right, like running shoes. Yeah, running shoes. But crazy. had no no realm within the basketball market, and uh, compared to Converse and Adidas, and obviously, Sonny Vaccaro had the vision that Michael Jordan is the future.
2: We need to get him now and do whatever it takes to get him, and including giving him a cut of the shoe. <laughs> I think they kind of did Michael's dad dirty in that in the movie. Though. Really? They made, I, I don't know. They made him seem a little too simple to me. I mean, they, they empowered the mom for sure. She was making the decisions. All
0: I'll say about Mike, well, at all reviews from Michael Jordan were that he loved the movie. So. I mean,
2: I I like my girlfriend, not a fan. She she tuned out about 15 minutes in. I can see that. I was like, this is a little too sports centric.
1: But
0: obviously, me. it's the story. Of, I mean, it changed so much. I mean, Nike is now Nike, and
2: they're the predominant shoe and, and athletic apparel.
1: And yeah, so Michael Jordan has <laughs> made a
0: lot of
2: money through this. And well, it was, I it it's it hard it to make a it's hard to make a two hour movie about one deal yes, going down. Yes. You know? but and they, it, all. they did it well, though.
0: I thought so, too. I thought it was good. So I saw that. I did not see succession. I did watch plenty of baseball and hoops and uh, Longhorns, as we saw yesterday with the announcement of the field of 64. Now know where they're headed, and, uh, and of note, we're going to we're going to talk to Ty Harrington next hour. Uh, the Longhorn opponent on Friday is Louisiana Raging Cajun. Used to be known as Louisiana Lafayette. They've yep. dropped the Lafayette moniker. But uh, they have an RPI of 47 Buck Longhorns are you know, top twenty-five team in the RPI, uh, but how about these little notes? Texas is eleven and two in regional play under David Pierce, so they flourish in this this round. They do very well because um, that's, of course, you got to get out of a four-team regional, get to a super regional, and the Longhorns eleven and two. They've won nine in a row under David Pierce, but they're going to have to do it on the road in Coral Gables. But if the Longhorns are able to get out of Coral Gables, which is a huge if, I'm not saying they're going to, but if they can, of course, the NCAA committee lining it up that they're going to. F- face the Stanford region, the Palo Alto, which would be either Stanford or Texas A&M. So there could be a super regional with the Aggies, or it also could be with Stanford. Uh, So that's to be determined starting this weekend with the field of 64. Uh, So we'll talk college baseball. Craig has more on the college baseball coming up. What did you do over the weekend that uh, was of note?
1: I was trying to figure out who's going to grab DeAndre Hopkins now that he's been let loose from Arizona. And I, I was hoping that the Cowboys would go ahead and take that shot. I mean, it's. I, I just think it's nuts not to. Why? Why wouldn't they? I mean, I'm not going to give. I. I mean, he's going to ask for the kind of money that. Tariq Hill and those guys get. He's not going to get no, that if, kind. If he wants to come for no.
2: the, the minimum.
1: How about sure. for how about a million dollars a game? That would be 17 million dollars no for way. regular season. You mean, no way. That. They
2: can't afford that. They, I think they could afford it.
1: That, no, they can't afford that. But I the mean, cap, they, they have a
2: lot of cap room still. They I always mean, leave. You know, they leave that. Odom every Beckham's year they, they leave that 20 million
1: dollars for his deal.
2: Yeah, uh, Odell got fifteen guaranteed. Um, yeah, I
1: mean, are you going to pay him? Pay this guy less?
2: I I don't. I think he will get paid that much by somebody. I don't want the Cowboys to pay him that much. Especially, maybe if it's for one year, sure.
1: But I mean, you got it. I mean, you're trying. You you only that window is.
2: I think if they didn't trade for Brandon Cooks before the draft, then yes, that that would probably would be something they would be seriously considering right now.
0: Well, uh, according to Sports Illustrated over the weekend, only the Bills and Chiefs. Uh, having engaged in trade talks with mm. the Cardinals before he was released, and as we told you, you know, two weeks ago, he's going to be released because people are just going to wait on it now. And it was the Odell Beckham signing that really mucked everything up because Odell Beckham, having not played, I got uh, that kind of money, yeah. get fifteen million guaranteed, really, really screwed up. You know, the market uh, for DeAndre Hopkins, and now he's a free agent, and he's not going to make. I don't think he'll get what Odell Beckham was
2: was about to get. Or
1: so what would you he got agree him, to? If he got the, well,
2: he's gotten his money. You know, if he want, do you want to win a Super Bowl? Or, well, that's what I think you he, want to get he paid probably
1: is right now. But he has a number of teams that he's, he's interested. Are they interested in him? And why wouldn't the Cowboys? I, I'm not going to wait to see if it takes Michael Gallup three, four games to get himself back to the way we thought he should be. I bet
2: the Eagles sign him. Oh. Well, I mean, again. That's not good for anybody. I know. Hopkins is
0: now free, so he can go wherever he wants. He can make his choice. Uh, and the fact that the Bills and Chiefs were engaging in trade talks would tell you that they're going to be very interested in DeAndre Hopkins, and why wouldn't they? To give you know Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen another piece uh, in their you know arms race in the AFC would be huge, and obviously Cowboys-Eagles in the NFC. Um, and so DeAndre Hopkins is going to, at 31 years old, has a chance to, to
1: choose where he wants to land. I just think anything land. offensively that the Cowboys can do.
0: Well, look, I mean, if you're DeAndre Hopkins – a, you're looking at quarterback and, you know, what other play with Patrick Mahomes or Dak Prescott or Jalen Hurts or Dak Prescott? That's going to be a question. And you have the head coach, Mike McCarthy, talking about know, we're going ball. to be a running team. We're going to be a running team. Well, OK, well, then if I'm Patrick Mahomes, if I'm uh, DeAndre Hopkins, not only do I want to go play and try to win a Super Bowl, I'd like to, you know, have some production. I mean, could you look at the look at the receiving core with the Kansas City Chiefs? I mean, who's their number one receiver? Last year, it was Juju Smith-Schuster. We know it's Travis Kelsey, and he's a tight end. But the receiving core there is... You Sky know,
2: Moore. Yeah, Sky Moore. Uh, right, uh, I agree. Tony. Uh, Kadarius Tony, who they traded for from the, for the Giants. I, they, uh, a nice a big body guy there, like Juju Smith-Schuster, who they lost. I think that's... that. I mean, I, I would like to see him go there. It would be unfair, I think. I think it would have revitalized DeAndre Hopkins' career. But that's... I think that would be... I, so, so do you feel the like the
1: Cowboys fit. have all of that? They don't need... No.
2: But I don't. I just from Jerry Jones' history of not really making moves on free agents like this. I don't think. I don't think it happens. Well, I think maybe the, the players want it to happen, but uh, it won't.
0: And the, the fact mm-hmm. that uh, they weren't engaged in trade talks, because look, the reason you engage in trade talks is then you control the situation. You get the player. Now the player gets to decide where he wants to go and can play the field, and you could just are you're part of the the courting process, even if you're going to be. Um, you know, it, it, it will be interesting. It feels to me like it's chiefs, chiefs, uh, chiefs bills. And I'll just say this for the last, you even when John Hopkins, before the, we talked about him being traded draft weekend, uh, because look again, and I also saw people criticizing the Cardinals for doing this. I mean, look, oh, they're they, about they, to
1: start all over. They're
0: ripping it apart. I mean, oh, yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, let's be, let's be real about what the Cardinals are. They, they made the run with Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray and that, you know, Steve Kime was the general manager. And that was the idea. We're going to – we have the number one pick. We're going to hire Cliff Kingsbury. He's going to coach up Kyler, Kyler Murray. We're going to make a run. And they made the playoffs. They did. But, you know, now it's about to be blown up. They have a new head coach. They have a new general manager. And remember, they made the trade on draft night with the Houston Texans. They have their own number one pick next year and, and right, the Houston dude, Texans number one su- pick. And if
1: they suck, they're right. gonna, they're maybe thinking about getting another quarterback. Even. So, you know, if you're,
0: if you're Arizona and you're a first-year GM and first-year coach where the pressure is down – and you also have to add the fact that Kyler Murray is not going to play this year. I mean, Kyler Murray is hurt. I mean, he tore his ACL in January or in December. That guy is not going to play. And if he is going to play, get the kid from
1: USC, uh, you're not going to pass that up.
0: Well, here's the thing: by by going, going, you know, tank job this year, and, and you know, getting rid they of, they're
1: getting tank because they stink.
0: Well, think about what they did. I saw a lot of people saying, "Well, DeAndre Hopkins, they're going to eat the money." Well. Yeah, they're doing it all this year. They're taking the twenty-two million dollar cap hit this year. They're essentially saying twenty twenty-three, mm-hmm. we're we're going for the bottom. We're racing
2: to the bottom. But they don't own anything after this right. year,
0: right? Well, if they had extended it out, well, you know, they would have to to try to you know deal with DeAndre eight, Hopkins. Eight million beyond. dollars
2: here, nine million dollars right. there. They're
0: just taking the full cap hit, knowing their roster is going to stink this year, knowing they want to be bad, knowing Kyler Murray's not going to play, and again, a new head coach and a new general manager who can weather a bad season and yes if things fall their way Buck next April they could be sitting with the number one pick they could be sitting with a top five pick from Houston yeah. uh and whether they want to move forward with Kyler Murray or not to have the number one pick next year is one of the most valuable number one picks in a long long time because you know the, the Caleb Williams is that good I mean he's going to be, he's going to be viewed as an Andrew luck type quarterback a Trevor Lawrence type quarterback so whether you take him and move on from Kyler Murray or let someone trade up to get him. They're going to give, give you a a, lot. a truckload of stuff, sure, to begin the rebuild. So yeah, you got to go through the one really bad year. You made the run with Cliff and Kyler. That didn't work, and and likely you would draft Kayla Williams and move off of Kyler Murray. But you owe the yes. guy a ton of money, and you didn't sign him to that contract, but the previous regime did. But that's what's what, what Arizona's thinking here. But in the end, for DeAndre Hopkins, it becomes an opportunity for a guy who's been you know stuck on bad teams for his whole career. Uh, you know, in Houston, with quarterback after quarterback, and then
1: once again, a guy like that in Philly, with the, with the the strength of what they got going on in their wide receiver core, is scary.
2: Him, AJ Brown, oh. Devontae Smith, that'd be that'd and be the tight, tight end, the tight end. Goddard. I
1: mean, it's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, and I, I, the sent. You know, again, if the Chiefs and the Bills were the ones engaging in trade talks, obviously they're going to be highly interested. Uh, in him, and Patrick Mahomes would love to be thrown to that guy. Think about the Chiefs in the red zone, and you got Travis Kelsey, who you can't deal with anyhow, Right? Andy Reid's creative play calling, Patrick Reed, Patrick Mahomes wizardry, and then a guy like that who can make ridiculous high-point catches and, and beat. He doesn't miss
1: balls. He makes no. unbelievable catches. There Patrick, is, there... Patrick
0: Mahomes can put it where he needs it to be, and that guy can go up and get it. That's pretty scary. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in, in the world, and John Hopkins has never played with a player like that. No. I mean, if you're, if you're Hopkins, you're like, yeah, I want to go play with him. Uh, that's the best guy out there, but we'll see where this lands, and obviously Philadelphia would be huge. Somebody said on a
2: text line, which I tend to agree with, Dallas needs to focus on trying to get Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I agree with that. I wouldn't hate that idea at all. No. If I'm the New York Giants, though, I'm, that's a team I could see paying him, you know, two years, $40 million, cause they, they need they desperately need a, a big name target, a big, a big, yeah. I mean, after like what that. you've done with your quarterback, yeah, you lost well, that's down.
0: interesting. And that's where it comes down to the player decision. Does he want to make the most money at 31
2: years old, or does he want to go win? Uh, does he want to go? This is your last chance to make that that money, though. That's right. He's got to know right. that too.
0: Yeah, this will for sure. And obviously, but in New they're York,
1: locked in on the quarterback and they've got money. If they want to give him money and he can stay a couple years, it's not like he's got eight years to play. Well, in I'll the NFL. say this
0: for this, would impact the Cowboys too because it's the Giants. If you have a healthy, healthy Saquon Barkley, you acquire Darren Waller, and you bring in DeAndre Hopkins to go around Daniel Jones and Brian Dayball, yes. you know, that that becomes a lot more formidable uh, because Darren Waller is a big addition, uh, the big six seven tight end that they traded for. If he's from healthy. The Raiders. He's fabulous. Yes, and if healthy has been his problem, uh, same with Saquon Barkley. But Saquon Barkley is an MVP candidate when healthy,
1: and DeAndre Hopkins is Hopkins not that was last year the suspension correct? Yeah, six it, games. For okay, he's he's off for all that. Peds. PEDs. He's through. But he's that. doing it for the team. That's right. Yeah, you're doing I'm it. Not trying
0: it. If, you're, if you're not cheating. <laughs> trying to get healthy. I'm
1: trying to get healthy. Yeah.
0: Well, we'll see. We'll we'll follow that. That's obviously the developing story out of pro football. Because uh, no, I'll just say
1: this: He wouldn't hurt the the Dallas Cowboys. That, that's not a bad move.
0: Well, he'd help uh, any team. Yes. But you know, at his age, looking. At, but when I say at his age, remember last year the what was, what was the, what was seen to be a swing move in the AFC was when the. Uh, Buffalo Bills signed Von Miller, right? And Von Miller was brought in from the from the Rams, who had just won the Super Bowl. They outbid some teams to bring him in to get pass rush, so that they could you know, get after Patrick Mahomes. Get and after it was the, working, and it was working, and then he got hurt. Right, tore up his knee. You're right, and uh, that that really impacted the Bills' their ability to to play great defense. Forget about how good he was playing. Yes, he was, and you know this would be that kind of move, I think. And that's where you know DeAndre Hopkins is now in a really good spot. He's going to get paid.
1: So you want to go to Buffalo. Damn, it's cold there. Yeah, you'd be a veteran going I think there. He's, a, he's, a, oh, he's a Georgia boy too. I think I he, know. He
2: probably wants to play. I I, I think he probably wants to play with the Cowboys or the Chiefs. Um, and I I think if I had to guess, either do the Chiefs or the Eagles, where he well. And up. if
0: you he, there's an interesting subplot to DeAndre Hopkins too. That he's he's one of these guys not hiring an agent, he's trying to do it himself, go to the Lamar Jackson thing. And now we'll get into that coming up because it's a deeper story. But the NFL has put out the word – well, I'll explain it. But there's an email issue. That
1: he's his guy? He's his own guy?
0: Well, that these guys want to be their own agent, but then they hire an advisor – who emails on and they set up a, a burner email account. Oh, so it's it, but they it's,
1: really can't do. that. They're right, not supposed right. to do. So it. it
0: feels like it's DeAndre Hopkins emailing directly to the Cowboys or the Chiefs, but it's really his actual agent, mm. and he's trying to skirt the issue with the NFLPA and the uh, the agents. Uh, but you know, it, so the league is on note with that with him. So again, that's not a huge and, thing. And, but and it's for something the Cowboys, they
1: got to, Brandon Cooks. Got to, that dude has got to be a thousand yard receiver again. I mean, he's been that. He, he needs to be a thousand yard guy again. Oh, but
2: he's the number two behind C.D. Lamb. Yeah, Ceedee Lamb's your thousand
0: yard receiver for sure. But yes, between Michael Gallup and he, and then the, whoever the tight end emerges to be, they need to be fifteen hundred yards together. Oh, don't forget Jake Ferguson's catching seventy-five balls. Turd oh, Ferguson, baby.
1: Ferguson. Hey,
0: we'll be back. We will oh, uh, continue baby. to make bets. The and, old uh, turd. Hit some B E facts of the day coming up. We'll hit our coach's corner, which will be a conversation with Ty Harrington, our coach. Uh, Talk some Texas baseball and what they're facing with Louisiana Lafayette coming up on Friday. It's B&E on the horn.
2: It's Bucky and Eric. See why? Who is that covering? Brian Adams. Oh, I pulled up the wrong version. It's all right. <laughs> Various artists. Various nice. artists.
0: I like it. Oh man, classic though from Brian Adams. Hey, we got a lot of B and E facts of the day. Facts of a Tuesday. You're back at it. Hope you enjoyed your three day weekend. Honored the fallen for sure yesterday on a Memorial Day. And here we go. Summer is officially, or, yeah, it's officially here. Summertime. Uh, we got a lot going on, though. NBA Finals are set after last night's uh, heat-dominant performance in uh, the Game 7 in Boston. You know, the last player, and a a fact of the day, which happened on the same floor, the last player to have an eight-turnover game in a closeout game in the conference final? LeBron James, way back in Boston in 2016. Jalen Brown had eight turnovers last night. Uh, more turnovers in the heat as a team he had and they needed him to step up. Thought he played for the Stars. He was not only he that dude
1: missed kept turning it over. I think
0: the final number I tallied last night he, he had 8 turnovers and missed 16 shots in a closeout game at home when his you know running buddy Jason Tatum's dealing with a you know severely sprained ankle and really can't go 100% and be explosive. They needed That really him. happened
1: like in the first minute of the game. The first minute you fell on that guy's. Aunt.
0: Oh, it was the first time possession they had going wow. to the going to the rim.
1: It was less than a minute then.
0: Yeah, it was right at the beginning of the game. Obviously, changed the game and kind of put a, a damper because they were going to it on replay. You're like, oh man, I can't even watch that. Um, and he played through it. I mean, they let the adrenaline flow. I'm sure he's feeling it today. Oh. And because that would have been that would have, if they they won the game would have impacted their NBA finals with with that severe of an ankle turn. But uh, either way, they're not there. The Heat are, and you know the Heat made their first finals appearance way back in 06. And now they're going back for their seventh time to the finals. motion
2: shouldn't have won that one in 06. So yeah, I know.
0: Much. I know, Ty. But they were there. They were there. And uh, so the Heat are back. They'll be the underdogs, obviously, against the Nuggets. That'll begin Thursday night. But, yeah, Jalen Brown with a bad game last night, uh, to say the least. And the Heat avoided becoming the first team ever oh, yeah. to be up 3-0 and lose in NBA history. Teams are now 0-151, uh, which was... Uh, and, you know, the mission accomplished twice. They won game seven, get to the finals, and they avoid that distinction. And the Celtics don't have the honor of becoming the first team ever to do it. And that injury to Tatum really was big uh, for them last night. Uh, I would also say this, that um, as far as some facts of the day, we're going to talk to Ty Harrington about some facts of college baseball coming up. But how about uh, Caleb Martin? You talk about him. The, I mean, Jimmy Butler is the tip of the spear for that Heat team. But Caleb Martin, undrafted. Remember, he went to Nevada. Didn't
1: They have look- like four guys undrafted on their team. More than that, yeah. I mean, they they they
0: are a a you know team built with with guys that fit what they want because they practice hard in Miami. They're physical. You know, a lot of the, the stars in the NBA don't want to practice hard year during the year, right? You, the year is grinding enough and grueling enough. Uh, Pat Riley, Eric Spolstra in that group. That's what they believe in. They believe in bringing in you know tough guys, not maybe not always the most talented players, but guys who are going to work. Got to work together, fit what they do, uh, and then play as a one. Because, you know, the the number one rule in Miami is check your ego. You know, we're we're a we. We're not a me. Uh, Anytime we start thinking about me, you're out. We're going to move on from you. But then that's how they're built. So, yes, a bunch of undrafted guys.
2: But the biggest of them... Caleb Martin
0: didn't the Longhorns run into him in an NCAA tournament game
2: um, at Nevada? Yeah, you have he, a brother. He has a twin brother, Cody Martin, who hmm. plays on the Hornets. That's right. Um, I'm not sure. I remember that year. I'm trying to remember if we played them, but that was definitely. I feel like they did, uh, with a Shaka Smart team.
0: Uh, yeah. I'll look that up. Uh, yeah, but Caleb Martin, how about that? 26 points. He now he went last night. He went past John Starks as the most points ever for an undrafted player in a conference finals. John Starks of the Knickerbock way back, remember when he shot the Knicks out of that NBA Finals (laughs) against the Rockets in the 90s. Caleb Martin only had four 20-point games all all season. Well, and remember, the Miami Heat were the lowest-scoring team. They were one of the worst offenses in all of the NBA during the year, one of the worst offenses. Um, And in this series where they've all come together and in this run where they took out Milwaukee, the Celtics, and the Knicks, um, you know, they've... They've had 46-point quarters against the Celtics in this series. Uh, they don't score a lot of points, yet here they are at the most important time,
2: you know, pressing the accelerator. They damn screwed that up. They, well, they, they damn near did. I don't understand why they were eight-point underdogs last night. Go go with history.
0: Jake, Cole, yeah. One, zero and 151 is a pretty good trend. Certainly is. Um, yeah, but Kayla Martin undrafted. He went back for his senior year at Nevada. Then he was cut by the Hornets in 2021. And the Miami Heat were the only, the only group that reached out to him to bring him in, and now he's become 135 yeah, got points a whole in the bunch conference of guys finals, like that on their team. And he hit big shot after big shot last night, and he and Jimmy Butler led the way. Meanwhile, the Celtics couldn't make anything, and they dreadful shooting performance last night for the uh, Celtics. In addition to the bad game for Jalen Brown and the injury to Jason Tatum, we'll come back, pick all that up. Uh, the Cowboys' conversation surrounding Dalvin Cook, DeAndre Hopkins. And I saw a report that has a, has a tentacle to, to Dalvin Cook, but it also involves Ezekiel Elliott. We'll mention oh, that for you no. coming up. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, it can't come my way.
0: Oh, boy. We'll get to all of that. We're just uh, rolling up one hour down of four on the Back At It Tuesday on b and